Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. See you guys as we're setting up here. I, I say this every year. Um, I, I will probably never not tell you what I'm getting ready to tell you. Um, Labor Day weekend is like the mark um, this is my favorite time of the year, okay? And mostly for two reasons. Uh, I like the colder weather, okay? I know you summer people, lake people, they're not even here today. They're at the lake. It's the last weekend, okay? <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm over it. But also, like, football. I have such an addiction to football. It's, and, and I found myself Thursday night, like, the first college football game was on. I'm just like, oh, Lord, you are so good and gracious. And I went to a high school game Friday night. I went to a college game yesterday. There's another one. Listen, I don't even know how I can. It's so hard to find me in a bad mood this time of year. And uh, just pray for me about my love for football. That's what I'm saying. I love, I love it. I love this time of year. It's so fun. Um, if you ever want anybody to watch a football game with, just shoot me a text. Okay? I'll ask Jenny if I can get away, and then we'll make it happen. Um, Okay, let's pray so I can get my mind off football and onto Jesus, and now your minds are on football, and they need to be on Jesus, so let's just pray, and we'll dive into this. Sound good? Okay. Father, uh, we're, we're going to go to your word. Um, thank you for your word. Move on someone's heart in this place through your word. And then for all of us here, I pray that you will open our eyes to something that we've maybe not known or we've been blind to. Open our eyes that we can behold incredible things from your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, jump into them. I'm going to read just a couple verses. We have a lot of scripture to cover today. I'm not going to read all of it because we're going to do... All of chapter 3, some of chapter 4 in the book of Hebrews. If you're visiting, uh, this is our third week, and we started the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in it all semester, and we'll do a quick review, but I just want to read a couple verses out of the gate, out of chapter 4, and I'll start in verse 8, and then I'll, I'll, I'll read through the rest of the chapter, or, or the rest of this passage, all the way through verse 13, and then we'll, then we'll dive into this. It says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints, and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So, by way of review, I just want to set the table. If you remember, we talked about, man, we, need, we needed to know what was going on in the town of the Hebrews in this time period in order for us to understand how this matters to us in Springfield 2021. 
And the thing that was going on among all these Hebrews that we, can, we cannot forget, every week we need to remember that the main thing was this. These people were giving up. They were walking. They, they had lost faith. And they were quitting Jesus. The fancy word that you're going to see in the Bible or that you might see if you have Bible headings is apostasy. That's the thing. That's what was being addressed here by the writer of Hebrews. And I just want to say out of the gate, I'm going to say it a lot today. We're going to say it week in, week out. Hill City, don't give up. Keep the faith. It's worth it. It's worth it. So we, in week one of Hebrews, we talked about, man, we're going to dive into this book, and, and we want to behold it. Man, we're going to look at it. We've got to see what it says, behold it. Then, then we've got to wrestle with it. What, what, what's going on here, Lord? We're going to wrestle with it. And when we behold it, and when, then when we wrestle with it, here is what will inevitably happen. We will be transformed by it. That's what the invitation is for, to the people of Hill City, for you all, diving into Hebrews. Behold, let's wrestle and let's all together be transformed by God's word. And, it, and the writer of Hebrews came out of the gate and he's like, man, God spoke in a bunch of ways. And they were all awesome ways and it worked. But, but, but then he spoke in a final way, the best way, the complete way. And that is he spoke in son. His son, Jesus. And then in week two, this is, when, this is when the writer of Hebrews starts talking about even some of the different ways that he spoke in angels. If you guys remember last week, we talked about angels. And like, man, what those angels said, it was true. And angels were awesome. But then Jesus came. And what did the angels do? They worshiped Jesus. Because Jesus is better and that's the theme. Jesus is better. Jesus is better than what? Anything and everything that you could put in that blank. Jesus is better than. And then last week there was also a warning. If you'll remember that week two of Hebrews, last week there was a warning. That Danny Mac taught us and he said, we, we have to understand this wasn't some harsh warning from some mean person. It's like, hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to kick your like, it's not that kind of warning. See, what we have to imagine, we have, we have to read Hebrews and imagine a loving father warning his children of, of imminent danger. And the writer of Hebrews, and God, through the writer of Hebrews, says, hey, hey, a loving father, as a loving father, he says, hey, guys, listen, we, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. In other words, we must pay much closer attention to Jesus. And then chapter 2 concludes with two final points. And these are, these are major points in verses 14 through 18 of chapter 2. Now this is crazy because what, what, what is presented here is this, that Jesus isn't just better and Jesus didn't come. Jesus is family. Like he's our brother. Now that's weird, that's wild. Wait, what a minute. Yes, God, the king of everything is our brother. And he took on flesh to make us 
his brother. And he was a son of God, and he makes us sons and daughters of God. The other final point that's made in chapter 2 is that Jesus did this by being the death killer. Did you catch that? Jesus is the death killer. He came, and he died this brutal physical death in order to deliver us from a spiritual death. The gospel is all over, Hebrews chapter 2, amen? It's the best news you're ever going to hear in your life. He killed death, and he made us siblings. And then chapter 3 picks up, and it says, therefore, holy brothers. You could say holy siblings. You could say holy brothers and sisters in chapter 3, verse 1. If you're following Jesus, this is an identity statement. Holy brothers and sisters. I didn't say that. God said that about you and about me. So you might, you, you can sit there this morning and be like, not me. No, I mean, that's all the other like good Christians. Listen to me. If you're following Jesus, that's your identity. That's incredible. Holy brothers and sisters. That's who's gathered here this morning. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. You who share in the heavenly calling, it says, consider Jesus. Now listen, this does not mean, hey, Give God a try. Right? That, that's not what they mean when they're using this word consider. It isn't like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider this whole 30 diet, see how it goes for me. Listen, that's not the flavor here. Okay, so if you're like me, and, and listen, you're going to see just a little of the, the, the sin in my heart in, in this illustration, okay? So have you ever, like, lost something and you can't find it? And, and you go to somebody for help, and they're like, hey, did you, did you consider, like, where you had it last? Right? And you're like, thank you for being such a genius and asking me to do that and to consider that. I had never thought of that. Like, okay, that's not what the writer of Hebrews is saying when he's saying consider. When we read consider Jesus, that means this, to fix one's eyes and our mind upon something. It's not like check it out. It's like, no, listen to me. Get your eyes locked in on Jesus. And it goes on. Why would he do that? Because it says he's the apostle and high priest of our confession. That's who we need to fix our eyes on. That's what it means to consider Jesus. And then the writer of Hebrews starts talking about Moses in chapter 3. Just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house, for Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And the, and the audience of Hebrews goes, okay, dude, you can do the angel thing, but that's our boy. Like, that's our guy. This is Hebrew superstar stuff. Now we're talking about Moses. And listen, here's what I was going to do. I, I was going to like, now I was going to go like baseball historian with you guys, okay? But then I realized we got a lot of Kansas City Royal fans in here, so like baseball IQ is kind of low. So I won't do that. I'll probably do that in another week, okay? So Hebrew superstar. Moses, the deliverer. Like, he's the guy that got him out of slavery, right? We've seen the movies. 
He's the guy that went on the mountain, came down with the law. He's, he's the guy. He's, he, he's the let my people go guy. Furthermore, some of you, I, I think most of you know this, but, but I don't want to assume, um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You know who wrote those? Moses. He wrote those. Like he was, he was faithful. And here the writer of Hebrews is like, Jesus is better. <laughs> hey, Jesus is better than him. Jesus is more faithful. Yes, Moses was faithful to God's house, it says here in chapter 3, as a servant. And when you see God's house, what you have to understand, what, what the audience would have heard there is like, that's God's family. God's house equaled God's fam- family. And here it was a physical family, the people of Israel. And Moses faithfully served that family as a servant. Then Jesus comes on the scene, and, it's, and Jesus is God. Faithful over the house of God, but not as a servant. He's faithful over the house of God as a son. That's a different thing. And in this case, it was God's house not being a physical family, the people of Israel, but a spiritual family. And the Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone of that family. And not just the cornerstone, he's the builder of that family. And in Hebrews, the, the, the Hebrews were hearing this from the writer of Hebrews in this sermon. And this message to the Hebrews was, yes, Moses was awesome. His life was a testimony of what was to come in the future. And then it was Jesus, and he came, and he's better. That's the message. So because of that, the writer of Hebrews says, hold fast, hang on. In other words, don't give up. Keep the faith. Jesus is better. And then the writer of Hebrews goes to another very emotional and close thing to the people of Hebrews and that's that's the idea and that's the practice of Sabbath the practice of rest in verse 7 all the way through chapter 3 verse 7 all the way in chapter 4 verse 13 is this idea of rest rest for God's people Sabbath Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15 says in returning to rest you shall be saved in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Now listen, this isn't talking about physical rest. This isn't talking about a society that's overworked and, and that we need to stop working so hard and we need to physically rest, we need to disconnect. There's a time for that conversation. That's not today because that's not what this is about. This is the writer of Hebrews saying, hey, that thing that we've done for thousands and thousands of years that is really, really important to you, how we take a Sabbath and we don't do anything, that was just a picture. That was just a picture of a truer and better Sabbath that was coming, and his name is Jesus, and he came, and he's better. And that is where we get our rest. And we're not talking about physical rest. We're talking about soul rest. How does Jesus do that? He gives our souls rest. This is big. 
specifically through salvation, or another word would be justification. When you have your faith in Jesus, that is salvation, you are saved. You pass from death to life. You are justified, just as if you've never sinned in your life. Do you get that? I'm telling you the greatest news you're ever going to hear. When you put your faith in Jesus, God looks at you just as if you've never sinned in your life. That's incredible. That's something we can rest in. Amen? Okay, listen, I I don't know that you believe me, so here's what I'm getting ready to do. I'm just going to pass out some things that are going to help your soul rest. I'm going to pass you out a soul bed. And then I'm going to come in behind it with the soul blanket and pillow. Okay, and then if you're like me, I'm going to come, I'm even going to come in behind that with the soul, like box fan, blowing on your face. Because I want your souls to have rest. Here's your bed. Here's your soul bed. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He became sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Lay down on that. Whew. That's big time. Here's your, here's your blanket and pillow to go with this. Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved and, ra- and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Good rest stuff right there, isn't it? Okay, listen. Let the soothing sound of the box fan just finish this off. Am I the only one that sleeps with a fan? Is it just me? Okay, fan people, please. Okay, I'm on. Trying to come to your hearts here today, okay? Okay, listen. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can, Can we just get some deep restful breaths in here this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Just say it. Thank, just thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. That's what Jesus brought. Soul rest. So, so I'm reading this passage, right? And, and, and I get down to chapter 4, and it's all this rest talk. And I grab my wife, Jenny, who is like this word ninja. If you don't know my wife, she's got a bunch of words. Like she's a word ninja, and she's got all the words. And I don't have all the words. And I'm like, babe, I, there's a word for what I'm getting ready to explain to you. I need your help. And I'm like, it's talking about all this rest stuff. And then it's, it, it's like, so there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Well, that's us. That's awesome. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. And I'm like, yes, that's great. But and then I was like, Jenny, but look, it's like, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. I'm like, there's a word for this. And she's like, yeah, it's a juxtaposition. And I'm like, babe, I, like you want me to walk out on that stage and say, like they know me. They know who I am. 
And I'm like, what's it mean? And she's like, no, it means this. I'm like, I got to say juxtaposition. That's what this is. Like 9 and 10, all this rest, 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 and and then you get to 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. And if your mind has been in Hebrews very often, you go to chapter 12. It's like, let us therefore run this race with endurance. I'm like, what's going on here? Well, there are two types of work that I want to talk about today. See, there's this work that I do. Okay, maybe not you. This is, this is me. There's this work that I do when I feel like I have to prove myself to God, right? It's my, my thinking gets messed up, okay? Just, just me, just me, okay. I have to prove myself to God. I haven't performed well enough for you, Father, so I better start performing a little better. that religious performance checklist and at the root of that is this that I'm not realizing that God the Father looks at me and sees Jesus anybody anybody getting those seasons okay that's not the work that we are called to do we get to rest from that forever that's really good news so what is this strive what is this see, see there is a good kind of work there's a good kind of work. This is the hard work of trusting our Father. This is the hard work of following the example of Jesus. This is the hard work of becoming like Jesus. This is the hard work of living for His kingdom, doing what we can to build His kingdom. Now there's a word for this good hard work. There's kind of like a churchy word for this. Here it is. You ready? Sanctification. We talked about salvation. Now we're talking sanctification. That's the good hard work. We don't, we, listen, we can't work enough for salvation. We cannot. Sanctification's the good hard work, Hill City. Don't miss that. This is where we grow. This is where we fight sin. This is where we fight to live lives of holiness. This is where we strive for that holiness. But listen, when we fall in that striving, because we will, when we sin, when we mess up, that's when we then get to rest in the finished work of Jesus. Are you seeing this? We get back up. We dust ourselves off. We don't give up. We keep the faith. And we get back to the good hard work. Sanctification. What what about the good hard work of building his kingdom? That's what we're to be about. Okay, just just some head nods or something. That's what we're to be about. Amen? Building, Building this kingdom. Can I tell you something here? This is for the lay person. This is for the, 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 me. This is for, listen, ministry, building the kingdom will scar you. You will be injured. You're going to share the gospel, the greatest news you've ever heard in your life, and people are going to be like, you're an idiot. You're going to share the gospel, the greatest news you've ever heard in your life, and people will not respond. 
You're going to invest in some people. And they're going to let you down. You're going to disciple somebody. They're going to betray you. You're going to pray, and you're going to pray, and you're going to pray, and you're going to pray for that family member, for that best friend, and you're going to pray, and you're going to pray, and nothing's ever going to change. That's the good hard work. Listen to me. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Keep the faith. That's the good hard work. Because in that right there, in that sharing the gospel and nobody responds, in that scarring, in that praying and not really getting answers, you're the one that's being changed. It's called sanctification. It's beautiful. It's the good hard work. And listen, we talked about salvation and then we talked about sanctification. I know these churchy words, but listen, one reason I don't want you to ever give up, one reason I want you to keep the faith, because something's coming on the back end of all this. You ready? Glorification. Glorification is coming. All the sin, all the falling down, all the scars will be no more. Can you imagine this? Just listen. I'm going to say this one more time. Give me fake smiles. All the sin, all the falling, all the hurt, all the scars will be no more. This is awesome. It's coming. Don't give up. The old Baptist preachers put it like this. Salvation frees me from the penalty of sin. I don't have to worry about the penalty anymore because of salvation. Sanctification gives me rest over the power of sin. Three P words here. I told you, old Baptist preacher. The penalty of sin, done. Power of sin, out. Then one day we will be glorified and we will be at rest forever from even the presence of sin. That's going to be incredible. But until then, what do we do? Right? Until the glorification, what, what is it that we do? Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Here it is. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Are you catching that? Listen, we're going to be together. We're going to make phone calls. We're going to meet in city groups, and we're going to pray, and we're going to encourage, and we're going to exhort one another. Why? So they're not, that we're not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. What was the deceitfulness of sin in their town? Are you ready? It was this voice. It was this thing, and it was saying, hey, just quit. Judaism was so much easier. This Jesus thing's going to cost you your life. Get out. That was the narrative in their town. Listen, what's the narrative here? I don't know. What's the narrative? You, you sinned again? You might as well quit. You, your dad is never going to come to faith. Give up. Why are you still praying for him? Are you with me? Does this make sense? I don't know what the narrative is, but we have to exhort one another every day so that we don't give up and that we won't have that voice, that deceitfulness of sin that's saying, quit, quit, quit. That's what we do. 
So, so, so listen, God works through his people. You hear me? Like, we have the Holy Spirit of God in us, yes, but we need people around us who have the exact same Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. That's what we do. He works through his people. But he works through something else too. And this is where chapter 4 in our passage uh, in chapter 4 kind of ends today. In verse 12, he, he also works through this. Okay, the Holy Spirit of God works through this. For the word of God is living and it's active. This isn't a dead book. This book is alive. It will never quit working. It's living and it's active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. But this, this is, listen, when we get into this book, it will expose us. Now, don't take that as a negative. Being exposed is okay. I'm going to use a sports analogy here. I'm already trying to teach my kids. Go against the best people you can possibly go against. Why? They will expose your weaknesses. They will expose where, okay, so, so then you conclude, oh, shoot, I better learn how to hide those weaknesses better. No, no. Let the word of God expose you and then go to Jesus and say, make me new in this area that you've exposed through your word. Are you, are you seeing this? So, so when the word of God exposes us, now we're faced with this uh, dilemma. We're faced with this decision. Do I run away from this or do I wrestle? See the invitation? Do I run from this or do I wrestle? I don't like to hear this, but I need more of this. I don't like, oh, I need more of this. You see what I'm saying? We're wrestling with this. Well, we just love the idea of being exposed, right? <laughs> oh, just please expose me. No, I don't want exposed, but we have to understand this is for our good. And, and listen, the writer of Hebrews goes on. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give an account. Here's the deal. We're not hiding anything anyway. He already knows. I'm exposed whether I know it or not. What the word of God will do is will allow me to see my sin for what it is. And it will drive me to my brother, Jesus. Did you catch that? The word of God will expose my sin to me. And will drive me to my brother. We must fix our eyes we must consider we must hold fast to our big brother hill city church i want you walking out of here on labor day understanding and getting this don't give up keep the faith and find rest for your souls soul rest something a nap is never going to do for you We sing a song here. It's called Son of God. Here's what it says. Just think about this, okay? I'm a son of God. 
and love is my freedom. I can ask anything of my father, the king. I'm an heir, I'm adopted, and my brother is Jesus. I'm a son of God, and my soul is at peace. So where are you? So with, without question, there's somebody here, probably more than one because this is a big group of people, who you've actually never put any faith in Jesus. You've never realized he's better. You've never passed from death to life. And you have no idea what soul rest is. I want to invite you into that today. My prayer, I prayed for you before this that the Lord would move on your heart. I hope that happened today. But then there's also, there's also, those of you in here are like, you're on the brink. Like you're thinking, man, like you've got this voice inside your head that's like, man, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just about done with all of this. It's not really going the way I wanted it to go or the way I thought it would go. And I prayed for you today before this also, that God would take his word, that he move on your heart. And that you would feel his nearness more than you have in a long time. And you've passed from death to life. You're his kid. You've just, you just forgotten that. You're just questioning it. Don't give up. Keep the faith. It's worth it.